Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw. He's the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Michael Cannon is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley, the founder and publisher of history, um, excuse me, less government, I should say. And Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, will be joining us as well. It is October the 12th, and on this day in 1492, after sailing across the Atlantic Ocean, Italian explorer Christopher Columbus saw the Bahamian island, believing he had reached East Asia. His expedition went ashore the same day and claimed the land for Isabella and Ferdinand of Spain, who sponsored his attempt to find a Western Ocean route to China. <clears throat> Columbus was born in Genoa, Italy in 1451. Little is known about his early life, but he worked as a seaman and had a maritime entrepreneur. He became obsessed with the possibility of pioneering a western sea route to Cathay, China, India, and to the Gold Spice Islands of Asia. At the time, Europeans knew no direct route to southern Asia, and the route via Egypt and the Red Sea was closed to Europeans by the Ottoman Empire, as were many other land routes. Contrary to popular legend, Educated Europeans of Columbus Day did believe the earth was round, as argued by St. Isidore in the uh, 7th century. However, Columbus and most others underestimated the world's size and calculated that East Asia must lie approximately where North America sits on the globe. With only the Atlantic Ocean, he thought, lying between Europe and the riches of the East Indies, Columbus met with King John II of Portugal and tried to persuade him to back his enterprise of the Indies, as he called his plan. He was rebuffed and went on to Spain, where he also was rejected at least twice by King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella. However, the Spanish conquest of Moorish Kingdom of Granada in January 1492, the Spanish monarchs, flush with victory, agreed to support his voyage. On August the 3rd, 1492, Columbus set sail for Palos, Spain, with three small ships, the Santa Maria, the Penta, and the Nina. On uh, October the 12th, the expedition reached land, probably Watling Island in the Bahamas. Later that month, Columbus set, uh, sighted Cuba, which he thought was mainline China. And in December, the expedition landed in Hispaniola, uh, which Columbus thought might be Japan. He established a small colony there with 39 of his men. The explorer returned to Spain with gold spices and quote-unquote Indian captives in March 1493, and he received what was the highest honor by the Spanish court. He was the first European to explore the Americas since the Vikings set up colonies in Greenland and Newfoundland in the 10th century. <clears throat> During his lifetime, Columbus led a total of four expeditions to the New World, uh, exploring various Caribbean islands in the Gulf of Mexico and the South and Central American mainlands, but he never accomplished his original goal, the Western Ocean route to the great uh, cities of Asia. Columbus died in Spain in 1506 without realizing the scope of what he'd achieved. 
He had discovered for the, uh, Europe the new world, which riches over the next century would make Spain the wealthiest and most powerful nation on earth. He also unleashed centuries of uh, colonization, the transatlantic slave trade, and the deaths of a million of uh, Native Americans uh, from murder and disease. Columbus was honored with the U.S. federal holiday in 1937. Since 1991, many cities, universities, and a growing number of states have adopted Indigenous Peoples Day, a holiday that celebrates the history and contributions of Native Americans. Not by coincidence, the occasion usually falls on Columbus Day, the second Monday in October, or replaces the holiday entirely. Why replace Columbus Day with Indigenous People Day? Some argue that the holiday overlooks Columbus' enslavement of American Indians while giving them credit for discovering a place where people already lived. That's pretty short-sighted. And, of course, uh, with everything that happened after the Enlightenment and people arriving here, all these tools that were created by the Enlightenment were put to work here in the United States uh, with great accomplishments. Well, a measure of wholesale prices rose more than expected in September, indicating simmering inflation pressures on the United States. The producer price index, which measures costs for finished goods and, and producers pay, and increased by 0.5% for the month against the Dow Jones estimate of 0.3% as a rise. That was less than the 0.7% increase in August. In spite of the inflation news, U.S. stocks uh, and uh, financial markets closed higher, and uh, they're looking good for this morning. Uh, futures are up right now as well. Well, the death toll in Israel, primarily from initial attack and most entirely civilians, has risen to at least 1,200 people. At least 22 Americans were reported to be among those killed. At least 1,100 Palestinians, including children, those sources vary on exact fears, have been killed in retaliatory strikes by Israel. The fate of the estimated 150 hostages taken in Gaza remains unknown. Hamas officials threatened to execute hostages in response to unannounced strikes. Uh, no, uh, of course, reports of anything like that happening yet. Some number of Americans are also believed to be among the hostages. Reports of atrocities from Hamas' initial attack Friday on Saturday continued to mount as Israel's forces sweep through small towns near the Gaza border, most notably the kibbutz uh, villages. Uh, meanwhile, <clears throat> intense Israel airstrikes have forced hundreds of thousands of Gaza residents to flee their homes. Uh, Egypt has thus far so far rejected the idea of an evacuation corridor across its border with Gaza. <clears throat> Israel uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and opposition leader Benny Gantz agreed Wednesday to form an emergency government of national unity for the duration of the war against the Palestinian terrorist group Hamas. The decision set aside bitter political differences in a significant one and uh, marked the achievement of one of the goals Netanyahu listed in his speech in the Israeli nation on Monday. Gantz, a former defense minister and general in the Israeli uh, Defense Forces, who leads the opposition Blue and White Party, had previously vowed to shake the country if Netanyahu passed his judicial reforms. And by the way, one of those reforms did pass. Meanwhile, Gaza's power plant uh, ran out of fuel on Wednesday while Palestinian Hamas terror organizations continued to fire rockets at Tel Aviv and other heavily populated areas of Israel. Gaza has only one power plant, which is normally supplied with f fuel from Israel, any remaining electricity in Gaza is being supplied by private generators, which also run on fuel supplied by Israel, so they're going to run out soon. 
Palestinian terrorists continued to fire rockets Wednesday. Israel's armed radio repeatedly interrupted broadcasts on Wednesday afternoon to warn residents of southern Tel Aviv, including the mixed Arab-Jewish neighborhood of Jaffa, to seek shelter. Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system typically eliminates rockets that are aimed at populated areas, but debris from mid-air strikes still falls to the ground, and rockets occasionally evade the system, especially when fired in overwhelming numbers. There's a continued skirmishes on uh, Israel's north border with Lebanon as the Iran-backed terror group uh, Hezbollah uh, threatened to open a second front. U.S. President Joe Biden promised Tuesday to replenish Israel's supply of missiles needed for the Iron Dome system, which was designed in Israel by jointly developed uh, with help from the U.S. and other U.S. munitions have uh, also begun to arrive in Israel. So we're playing a role in supporting Israel. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said that the U.S. would support Israel's war effort against Hamas for as long as it took for Israelis to feel safe. <clears throat> Uh, really concerns me that uh, what kind of a commitment this these commitments we've made so far to supply these tools I think is very appropriate, but I get concerned uh, that again we're getting involved in skirmishes around the world, and they're regional skirmishes for which uh, we have no real interest. We want to keep uh, Israel safe. They're well, they're capable of defending themselves, and uh, we should just give them support, moral support and uh, support with uh, te te technology and intelligence and so forth. Egypt warned Israel about an incoming attack from Hamas three days before the brutal assault began. That, according to Michael McCall, who's the Foreign Affairs Committee chairman in the House, we know that Egypt had warned the Israelis three days prior to an event that this could happen, uh, and I don't want to get too much into classified details, he said, but a, a warning was given. I think that uh, that the question was at what level. So it uh, seems that uh, some of our neighbors, our Israel's neighbors, were aware of uh, perhaps complicit in uh, the attack of Hamas. So moving to domestic affairs, Representative Steve Scalise won the Republican nomination for Speaker of the House in the uh, Republican Party, but failed to garner enough support to win it on the House floor. The Louisiana uh, secured 123 votes in conference, while challenger Jim Jordan guarded 99 votes. Eight Republicans voted present. Scalise now somehow must gain the support of an overwhelming number of those who did not back him, at least four Republicans, uh, Max Miller, Thomas Massey, Chip Roy, and uh, Lauren Boebert have already said they will support Jordan on the floor regardless of Wednesday's outcome, and more are expected. Additionally, one member, Carlos Jimenez of uh, Florida, also uh, after the conference vote, is going to vote for Speaker Emeritus Kevin McCarthy on the floor. The, those detracts alone are enough to deny Scalise the nomination on the floor. Minority leader Hakeem Jeffries will have 212 Democrats voting unanimously for his nomination on the House floor. Representative Kevin Hearn said a floor vote is expected at 3 p.m. on Wednesday. I don't know if that happened or not, but Republicans voted to table an amendment to, uh, to the rules offered by Chip Roy that would have raised the threshold to nominate a speaker to 217 votes necessary to win the floor. However, the challenge for Scalise is to gain 217 floor votes did not appear, disappear with uh, the Roy Amendment. Republicans now must decide how to work out through this new problem. 
Most Republicans have desired to avoid another January debacle, but with supporters of uh, Jordan and McCarthy entrenched and perhaps others unhappy with the process of harboring other grievances, an immediate floor vote seems almost sure to set down the rocky path Republicans traveled only nine months ago to nominate McCarthy. By rushing the vote to the floor without adequate support to win, Scalise seems content to once again hash the Republican division out on the floor and rely on pressure of his detractors from mainstream media to eventually secure the nomination. <clears throat> seems to me they support, if the, if the, the majority supports, supports Scalise, just put him in office. Just say, look, if you don't do what you promised, and we want the same promises that we got from McCarthy, if you don't do that, it's next man up or next woman up. We're going to replace you. Pretty simple. Don't worry about the personalities. Uh, just make sure that the rules are in effect to keep uh, whoever the next speaker in the house, house is on a straight line. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Keith Law, co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a a grassroots organization. Uh, We've uh, grown immensely over the last, uh, I don't know, eight years or so. We uh, we focus on K-12 education. Um, and what that means to us is uh, really uh, finding the indoctrination in our schools, supporting uh, school choice options for parents, um, parental rights, et cetera, et cetera. So we get very involved in the legislative cycle as well as local communities. Uh, and then, of course, our primary objective is to help moms and dads understand what's going on in the school systems and hopefully give them the courage to get out. And so we're really pushing micro-school initiatives and things like that. And school choice, uh, making sure that everybody has a good competition. It's good for the monopoly of the public school system. So, Keith, uh, before we talk about what's happening in education, you are an advocate for the Collier County pulling out of the uh, Public Library uh, Association. Uh, maybe you could give us an update. Yeah, it's a really good update uh, to, to announce. Uh, on Tuesday at the Board of County Commission, uh, they voted five to zero, so it was unanimous, uh, to withdraw their subscription from the American Library Association uh, because of the, the ALA's, uh, I'm going to call it wokeism, but they have a long, long history of uh, promoting um, sexually explicit material, LGBTQ, uh, for kids as young as three year olds. Yeah. And so, and, and they're also big into promoting drag queen shows and so for kids. So, um, it wasn't a lot, it wasn't an awful lot of money, but it has a profound effect. Uh, we're the third county in Florida to, to do this, uh, the largest county by far. And, uh, we formed a coalition of, uh, there's now at least eight groups, um, like Florida Citizens Alliance that are, uh, uh, going to be helping uh, get this uh, implemented in other counties in Florida. So, um, well, the head of the Library deal. Association is a is a, an avowed uh, Marxist, and uh, you know, the, the, put it this way: if all the counties in the United States did this, they'd be out of business. And so, this yeah. sounds a really important message. And uh, if you're woke, you go broke. And, you know, we don't need you. So, I think it's a great decision. Yeah, I do too. And, uh, and uh, Rick LaCastro actually led the effort. Um, and uh, and it was a, a bit surprising that uh, all five voted for it. We weren't sure where Bert Sanders, uh, but he actually seconded the motion. So That's great. Um, so all five. Congratulations, Keith. So uh, moving on, though, to education, I saw this college. High school student scores on the ACT college admissions test have dropped to their lowest in more than three decades, showing a lack of student preparedness for college-level coursework. I was hoping you could comment. Oh, yeah. It's it's really frustrating, Uh, and I'm going to point to uh, our local politicians. We had our uh, big event here a couple days ago, and I asked the question, uh, show of hands, how many of you 
have heard the governor say Florida ranks number one in education. And uh, almost every hand in the room went up. Yeah. Now, let's put that in perspective because the politicians won't tell us. Uh, and I just mentioned uh, uh, the, the national results are down um, in over three decades to the lowest score ever. Uh, Floridians don't, aren't being told that Florida, on that same test, ranked 40th. Wow. On the SAT test. On the SAT test, we ranked 42nd. Uh, we're not being told that 75% of our third graders cannot read a proficiency level four or five. Wow. Now, they're held, they're held back in grade ones and uh, if, they, if they get a one or two. But if, if they get a three, they get a, what I call a courtesy pass. And the definition of a, of a level three reading capability says that they need significant help in subsequent years. Hmm. Uh, and then you connect that, Bob, and, and we've said this on your show, I say it publicly a lot, you know, by the time these kids get to high school, half of them cannot, in, in Florida, half of them cannot read and do math at grade level. Yeah. So, you know, while, while we may be doing at some points, that, as the governor points out, we may be doing better than some of the other states. Uh, the analogy I use that I think is very appropriate is we're just on the top deck of the Titanic and this boat's sinking big time. We're the so. best of the worst. So <laughs> it, well, It's not funny. No, it's, it's not. But, you know, it's, it's, it's appalling to me, Keith, because, again, promoting the whole idea that Florida's number one and we're number one. We have a lot of things to be proud of. But 46th in, S, in the SAT test, that's in the nation. That's just appalling. And uh, here's the problem that we have. We have many of our schools rated A, A plus, B, that, you know, getting great grades, and we're patting ourselves on the back for the great job that's being done. But kids can't perform. Yeah. Well, and, and let's talk about the grading system, because the Senate just held a hearing yesterday talking about what they call the cut scores, and that's the scores that the, that the individual students will get uh, on, on, uh, on their uh, reading tests and, and math scores. Um, they're going to modify those a little bit uh, so that they're going to require a little bit more capability, but let's put that in perspective. There are 11 factors that go into Collier Gowning being graded an A, uh, and, and if you get 62% or better, you're, you're an A. Uh-huh. 62% or better. When I went to school, that was an F. Right. <laughs> um, the difference between a C and a D is uh, 39 versus 40%. Uh. So it's, it sounds like there's going to be a little bit of effort to tinker with that, at, the, at least at the Senate level. But it's not going to substantially change the, uh, you know, the, the, what, the, what these kids' skill levels are as they're graduating from high school. And literally half of them. And not read and do math at grade level. And yet we're graduating here in Collier County, 92% of our kids. That's appalling. Now, of course, logic. we've had the pandemic. I mean, we get all that, the the, uh, the problems that were created by the the uh, COVID and all that. But uh, nevertheless, this is just totally unacceptable. And again, uh, you're promoting school choice. And uh, the reason we have uh, so much school choice right now, I think it is in some part, maybe large part due to the Florida Citizens Alliance and the work that you're doing. So we really appreciate that and congratulate on that. And by the way, I think results from charter schools are better than this. Oh, for sure. Uh, and, and the results from homeschool students just run circles around, uh, you know, our government schools. So uh, yeah, there are better options out there for parents 
um, we're really promoting, uh, you know, starting a micro school program initiative. Uh, a, a group of a couple parents with 10 kids can come together and start a one-room schoolhouse. Uh, you can decide to do that, and three weeks from now, you could be fully educating those kids with a turnkey operation. Wow. And it, the cost to the, the cost <clears throat> per child uh, is $350 per child per year. Wow. Well, and, for, and you uh, totally changed the lives of, of your family and, and your kids' future. Great opportunities and great tools available for improving education in Florida. Keith, your website is goflca.org, goflca.org. I strongly recommend uh, all of our listeners uh, who have any interest in education at all, and everybody should, uh, should visit the website. It's uh, really terrific, very robust, and very, very helpful and informative. Keith, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have a great week. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can get uh, find out more and get tickets to some great performances coming up. Visit the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. 
Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. The Cato Institute is a think tank in Washington, D.C. We are a libertarian think tank, which means we are neither Republican nor Democrat, neither of the right nor the left. What we want to do is promote individual liberty in all areas of human endeavor. And in my area of health policy, that means we believe you do have rights when it comes to your health care. The most important right you have is the right to make your own health decisions. Cato.org is the website. C-A-T-O.org. A terrific organization. So, Michael, I understand you're coming out with a new book. That's right. On Monday, we are releasing Recovery, a guide to reforming the U.S. health sector, which is my latest book. And it is a uh, just what the title says. It explains to policymakers uh, how they can make health care better and more affordable and more secure in with reforms to everything from the tax code to Medicare and Medicaid to government regulation of doctors and other clinicians, the government regulation of health insurance, healthcare facilities, medical malpractice, even the Veterans Health Administration. And uh, the way you do that is, as I suggested before, by respecting people's right to make their own health decisions. Well, that sounds like a must read. I mean, the uh, uh, healthcare sector of our economy is about, I think, 18 or 20 percent, if I'm not mistaken. This is a big, big deal, and if you're uh, able to, what's the uh, audience of the book? Is it uh, for the lay reader as well, for as well as professionals and uh, uh, legislators? It is for all of these groups. Uh, it contains recommendations at the beginning of each chapter for policymakers, uh, very busy members of Congress and state legislatures. Look, here's what you do to make health care better and more affordable for people uh, in bullet point form. But the the book itself is it's light. It's less than a hundred pages, and it is a a quick primer on how libertarians approach health policy, both the values that we hold uh, uh, that you, you that you matter just as much as everyone else, and that means that no one else should be getting to make your health decisions for you. Yeah, and the effects of violating that bedrock principle of individual liberty when it comes to health care, the, the consequences of violating it are the situation that we have right now. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that the book reveals is that the U.S. health sector, by some measures, is less free than other health systems that have socialized medicine. Huh. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, collects data that, uh, that I presented the book that probably no one, uh, none of your listeners have even heard of, that shows that the United, in the United States, the share of health spending that government controls is higher than it is in most other OECD nations. Wow. It's 85% here in the United States, but in countries like Canada uh, and Great Britain, it is lower. In Canada, it's 71%. In Great Britain, it is 82%. And those countries have explicitly socialized health systems, yet government controls less of the health spending in those countries. And when you give government the power to override your right to choose whether and how much 
money to uh, spend on health care, what you get is the situation that we've got. Health care prices are too high in the United States, making health care uh, too expensive and less universal, and the quality of care suffers as well. Sounds like a must-read to me. I'm going to get a copy of the book. Uh, less than 100 pages, and it talks about the sweeping reforms that could be made in order to uh, make our uh, health care more patient-centric, uh, more, more focused on quality as well as cost. Sounds to me like a must-read. Uh, can you give us a couple of ideas or thoughts on, on what you're recommending? Sure. Uh, we talked about a lot of these ideas uh, on the show. Uh, what states should be doing to make health insurance more affordable is recognizing uh, health insurance licenses from U.S. territories that are exempt from, from Obamacare's most expensive regulations. What that would do is it would lower health insurance premiums for the vast majority of, say, Floridians. So, uh, to maybe 50% or 60% less than what Obamacare charges. Also, states can make health care more accessible by recognizing clinician licenses from other states so that doctors, nurse practitioners, dentists, dental therapists can, from who have licenses from other states can practice in this giving away free health care to the poor, which a lot of states prohibit out-of-state clinicians from doing. That's ridiculous. There's a lot for the federal government to do here as well. Reforming the tax code would $1 trillion of their earnings that employers currently control and use to make the workers' health decisions for them. You do that, and that is not only a large, effective tax cut, it is a progressive tax cut because it would benefit low-income people more than high-income people, as well as freedom to purchase health insurance that doesn't disappear when their job does. Similar reforms to the Medicare program and to the Medicaid program and even administration, and that's probably an idea that uh, we should dedicate an entire show to. Yeah, out of curiosity, uh, to, to me, Obamacare is a complete failure in so many different ways. It's not affordable. It has huge uh, deductibles. It uh, has to be subsidized in major part in order for people to be able to buy it. Why isn't one of the recommendations just to ditch Obamacare? Oh, that is. That's in there. In this book, in, in addition to making uh, incremental recommendations, I also offer really bold solutions that most policymakers are going to shy away from, but that we need to make more politically feasible. One of those is repealing Obamacare. But if that's politically infeasible, then what states should be doing is allowing uh, their employers and residents an option for providing uh, for purchasing health insurance that's more affordable than Obamacare. Sounds like a terrific, uh, well, you know, it would be a breath of fresh air that we could reduce that number. I think you said uh, 70, 80% of our, uh, our health care dollars are controlled by the government. It would be great to 85%. reduce. 85%. 85%. It would be great to reduce that to zero, but uh, that's probably impossible. At least reduce it down to 50%, maybe 40%. If you follow the recommendations in, uh, in the book, it would probably drop to 25% or less. Wow. Uh, and then over time, uh, we could reduce it even further because if you reduce government's control over healthcare spending in the United States, consumers will control that spending and they will spend 
spend it more wisely. Yeah. Uh, making healthcare more universal. Another thing that uh, I talk about in the book is a series of experiments that has shown when you let consumers control the money, they demand uh, lower prices from providers and providers drop their prices. Even monopolistic hospitals who right now don't have to compete with anybody on price. Right. Uh, even they end up dropping their prices for expensive procedures like uh, hip and knee replacements. So, Michael, uh, you know, I'm sure most of our listeners now have a pencil in hand. How can we go about getting a copy of the book? The best way to do that is uh, to go to the Cato Institute website uh, our, and go to our events page because on Monday we're having a forum to launch the book where we're going to be talking about the ideas in the book and having uh, some outside scholars critique the book. So if you go to uh, the website, cato.org slash events, that's C-A-T-O dot org slash events, and look for events this coming Monday. I think that's the first one on the list right now. Then uh, you'll be able to register for that event uh, and watch it online, and you'll find links to purchase the book as well. And again, the name of the book is Recovery. That's correct. Recovery, a guide to reforming the U.S. health sector. Michael, really appreciate your commentary here on the show, and I really uh, congratulate you on the release of your new book. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley. He is the founder uh, and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now 
now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You've heard me talk about Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, serving great breakfast and lunch. Well, now, serving dinner Wednesday through Saturday nights, 4 to 8 p.m. And the menu's great. The food is a great value. It's informal. You don't need a reservation. Just stop by Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, Wednesdays through Saturdays, uh, 4 to 8 p.m. We have with us Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. How are we doing with Less Government? <laughs> uh, not very well. Um, it's it, we, we, we at best are sp- the, the best we ever do is spinning our wheels. Uh, not having a speaker has allowed us to spin our wheels for a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, it's it's ever expanding. It's it's like space. You know, I listen to people complain about the fact that the problem with the with the government is we can't get anything done. <laughs> That's the best thing about <laughs> the government. Yeah, that that reminds of the old George Carlin line: if something bipartisan is happening, that means something extra crooked is going on. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but, so, Seton, you great wrote this really interesting piece, great piece. China Taiwan is next. Biden won't ever uh, stop ever expanding China. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's what I'm looking at is, of course, it's the it's the power of threes, I guess. Uh, you've got the Ukraine Russia thing, which you know, to anyone paying any attention, it should be obvious that it's completely irrelevant to the United States. We should have no role in it whatsoever. Um, in fact, we had a role in instigating Russia in the first place. Right uh, now, of course, you have Israel Gaza, which we had a role in because Biden gave Iran $6 billion, and geesh, a week after he gives them $6 billion, Hamas attacked Israel. What, a, what an amazing coincidence that is. And the next thing everyone's looking for is China to take Taiwan. And that was a mistake going back to 1989 when Britain had it as a colony and gave it back. That was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we've a lot of what we rely on comes out of Taiwan, semiconductor chips especially, um, a, a, a large percentage of the high-end stuff. China makes a lot of semiconductors, but it's sort of the, it's the low-end one. It's not, it's not the cutting edge, it's sort of the maintenance uh, chips. Mm-hmm. Taiwan does a lot of the cutting edge stuff. And of course, China has, has had its eye on taking back Taiwan and for years. And it would be, to, to, pair, to quote Thomas Jefferson, talking about taking Canada, it would merely be a matter of marching. I mean that metaphorically, of course. They have to cross the strait, Taiwan yeah. Strait. But, but it's, it's a giant country against a tiny country. I mean, it's, it, it would be a three-second war. Um, and that would be very bad for global economy. It would be very bad for global security because we rely on Taiwan so heavily for these chips and other high-tech things. And 
I just, you know, again, this gets us back to what we know about Biden, and that is he's bought off. Yeah. He's been paid, we know of at least $31 million that the Chinese government has given the Biden family. For what, we can never say, because, you know, there's no, there's no reason to hire Hunter Biden for anything. Unless you're unless you're buying his father. I mean, there's no what is Hunter Biden providing you? He's a crackhead. He's a reprobate. He's, you know, meanwhile, he's getting millions of dollars. You know, he's getting a million dollars a year from a Ukraine uh, oil company. And they checked his passport. He's never been to Ukraine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And 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 of course, this is this falls in line with all the nothing. You know, Biden talks a good game. He, he does some things that look like they're anti-China. Um, the Chips Act looked like it was anti-China. That was the, the bill we passed to try to domesticate uh, the production of semiconductor chips. But then you look into it, and all the, and a lot of the money goes to China-affiliated companies. Right. And, and, and now, of course, here we have Taiwan and making our high-end semiconductor chips. And... Is anyone confident that Biden's going to do anything to stop Taiwan? I mean, stop China no. if they indeed invade Taiwan? I'm not confident of anything. Um, he put a couple bases in the Pacific, military bases, but that's just, you know, that's military boondoggling. You know, putting these bases that doesn't mean anything. There's little, you know, five, 500 people in the Philippines or where the hell he put the bases don't mean anything vis-a-vis China. Uh, it does mean some money for the for the for the military contractors, um, but yeah, I, I, I just there's nothing we see coming out of Biden that re, that I if I were Taiwan that I would be reassured, and that's a, like I said we we need those chips to be made freely, which is why they should be here in the first place, right? Um, but but the fact that they're made in Taiwan is very dangerous, you know. Two-thirds of the world's chips are made either by China or by China's neighbors that they can easily bully and take over. Yes. And that's been decades of dumb policy here in the United States, and they never should have left in the first place. They never should have been made anywhere else in the first place except here. And now we're, now we're on, the, on the hook because they are made there, and it's going to take a long time if we ever do, do it properly to bring it back here and meanwhile china's about to take the world's leading cutting-edge chip manufacturer absolutely i mean we're talking about a national security threat uh, second to none quite frankly with uh, if we lose those chips or access to those chips in taiwan we should uh, move that operation to here in the united states well, and, and, and you know china's so so greedy they might sell them to us but the the, the 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 national security threat as well is they don't know how to make high end chips. Yeah, they will when they take Taiwan. Right, and that's what they so do. They, they become <clears throat> they become exponentially more advanced technologically. Yeah. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website, lessgovernment.org. You can find this column, China, Taiwan is next. Biden won't stop ever expanding China. You can also visit uh, Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, the former mayor of Naples, 
Bill Barnett, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the state legislatures. And you can find out more uh, by visiting the very robust website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, it's always my pleasure, rain or shine, on a Thursday to hear that cheery voice of yours. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Bill. See, I uh, I understand just to talk about it. I want to talk about what's happening globally, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts. I understand that Gary Price has now declared himself as a candidate for the mayor of Naples. Right, and um, <clears throat> we're very excited. Uh, Teresa Heitman, the, the, the current mayor, made a, a snide remark about... Um, if you if you read what she said, which was hard to understand, she said something about, um, well, you you know what you're facing or something. I was just some absurd uh, remark, which I wouldn't expect any less from. But uh, he's off and running. Uh, he's got lots of support. People have been calling me and asking me, you know, you, are you supporting Gary? And I said, absolutely, a thousand percent. And I understand that Ted Blankenship is supposed to make an announcement today. I guess today, um, I, I got it. There was an email that went around. Now, I, again, once again, um, talking local politics, I, 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 
for the life of me, cannot understand why he's running, other than Alfie's involved in it. But uh, Ted is a nice guy. I will certainly give him that. But he hasn't done anything in his first, you know, in his first council term. I, I don't know how or what his plan is to be mayor of the city of Naples with no experience. But hey, stranger things have happened, I guess. Well, the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that uh, Alfie. Is a kingmaker. I mean, he does his support yeah. is important. So I mean, uh, you can't dismiss that. Oh no, I I absolutely do not. You know, uh, um, but you know that's just the way it goes. You know, that's we'll right. see what happens. I think Gary's got a great reputation. I think he knows the city better than anybody, including myself. But I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. Yeah. So yeah. Um, let's uh, we'll watch what happens, and there'll be news along the way. So, Bill, I was looking forward to your views opining about uh, what's happening globally. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm I'm sick, like like everybody else, Bob. I, I just I you know when you look when you look at the when you look at the big picture and where this can go from here, um, and uh, us standing up for Israel for sure. No no two ways about it. But I I just um, I don't know what to make of it. Um, and that's not ignorance talking. I don't think a lot of people do. It's all of a sudden been building up. And I think the biggest question in people's minds is how did they do this without, uh, how did they slip through the cracks? I guess that's one way to, to put it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're talking about uh, the intelligence. Uh, the, 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 yes, yes. Yeah, and I, there'll be some explaining to do, I guess. I mean, because Mossad and those guys, they're, they're sharp cookies. They, they, they seem to have connections everywhere and, you know, know what's going on. And I, I guess I, I think a lot of people are, are, you know, are wondering, well, how did that happen? So I'm sure we'll get some answers. In fact, there's a, uh, a release uh, saying that uh, Egypt or sources in Egypt were aware of this attack three days before it occurred. So uh, huh. that's disturbing. And, of course, it, it probably indicates some complicity on the part of Egypt in supporting this kind of activity if they didn't share it with Israel. Well, yeah, and, you know, we were getting close to having uh, some good relations with Saudi Arabia. Uh, I know Brett Baer had done a wonderful uh, job interviewing um, the prince and uh, uh, and uh, talking with uh, Net. Net, Net I can't say it right. Netanyahu. Netanyahu, yeah, thanks. Um, and they were getting close, and I think so that probably had something to do with it, too, because now, obviously, Saudi will back off for a ways, you know. But uh, I saw that interview, and it was really good. Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, just who knows, Bob? Who knows? Uh, we'll just have to we wait, and we watch, and we support. That's all we can do. Well, you know, frankly, my opinion is that we had stronger leader in the White House in this administration. Yeah. Uh, none of this would be going on. Yeah, it's hindsight, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is hindsight. But uh, we need to get some good leadership in the White House and make sure that uh, we're showing some force and some direction here for the world. Otherwise, uh, things are beginning to crumble, and it's getting very scary. Yeah, the other thing, and I, I know you've got to go, but the other thing is, Talking about the Republican House, uh, I mean, did they? Uh, I didn't see anything last night. I, I, I wasn't watching TV last night. Did they make any uh, any decision on? Uh, uh, they picked a, a leader yet? I don't think so. I think what uh, what uh, the uh, 
and I've forgotten his name, but anyway, I think that's Jim Norman. That, you know, they're thinking about just letting it happen on the floor as they did with uh, McCarthy. Right. So if, right. if that happens, it's going to be kind of a bloody mess there. But yeah, in my well, opinion, maybe not. Maybe not, Bob. Maybe not. Maybe they woke up real fast. I hope you so. But I mean? uh, in, in my opinion. Either of those guys would do a great job. I think the right. key is to just make sure that they understand that they're going to be held on a short lease. If they don't, if they violate the the, the agreement to uh, develop budget in 12 areas and to do the things, the normal uh, procedure, uh, regular order, right. if they, if they uh, do that, they'd be a great speaker. If they don't, it's next. Right. Let's get the next one in there. Yeah, but, you know, yes, you're right. You're right. We could debate that all day, and I agree with you 100%. But these are these are people that we elected, and the ones and and they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Seriously, yeah. Um, I, we need to act, and we need to act fast. And uh, so let's hope it happens. Absolutely. Again, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, arguably the greatest Naples uh, mayor of uh, any city in the United States. Oh come on. <laughs> You've been, you haven't been drinking for breakfast. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Bill, I really appreciate your commentary here on the Thank show. Thank you, you so much for joining us. Have a good one. And, you, and give Linda our love, all I, right? I certainly will. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including Dr. Zudi Jasser. He's a medical doctor. He's also the founder and president uh, of uh, the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. And it's a reform group to reform the religion uh, 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 the uh, uh, Muslim religion. And uh, he's a, a great man, in my opinion. Anyhow, he's going to comment tomorrow on what's happening in uh, Gaza and in Israel. be interesting to have that conversation. Also, William Yateman is the senior legal fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. He'll be joining us. Uh, Real estate professional Matt Chionis will be with us as well. We're talking about what's uh, causing people to buy and sell their real estate. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston Space Architecture, will be with us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, I hope you pass the word on to your friends. That's one of the ways we support our advertisers. And I really appreciate your support. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com. <laughs>